Greetings, my name is James Major Burns, and this is The Third Degree with me, your host, James Major Burns. And this is a safe space for myself and others to speak on things in our lives and our worlds. Here, you get a chance to see what's behind the mind of the, the creative, because what you see and what you think and what you hear ain't always the truth. Here, you get to laugh, learn, live, and sometimes debate. So people listening near and far, I have two special guests with me today. May I give to you Audrey, Taylor Floyd, and Joshua Michael Shepard. <laughs> Let me tell you, first of all, don't ever change that introduction because I love it. That is yeah, my introduction. I love really it. Good. It's, good. it's good. It's like enticing. Like I'm oh. drawn in. Thank you. I do it because eventually one day I'm going to work it up to every time I say James Major Burton, take a drink. Because that's why I always say my full name. That's why when we're introducing ourselves to the kids, which I don't get why we have to do. Yeah, but um, every time good. we do, I'm like, my name is James Major Burns and you will address me as such. <laughs> yes. Six-year-old you. It cracks me up every time we do that for Madagascar, but I try to have the best time that I can. So I need you to speak closer to your mic, baby. Hello. There we go. Okay. I asked if I was good, and you. And you well, you were good, like, but then mm-hmm. you, then you, you know, you got comfortable and sat back, and you want to go ahead and scoot that seat up. You know, just get make sure that you can well, lift that you microphone. You gave me the ghetto mic as well. I, so. I gave us the ghetto mics. <laughs> we have the ghetto mics. Look, if you want to uh, donate. You James Major uh, B at iCloud.com is my PayPal for new equipment. But and, until then, we're going to have to lean with a rock with it, okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I send y'all the pictures online so y'all can see how these microphones are leaning. But anyway, <laughs> hello, we have the Melanin Dynasty of Elf here. Yeah. Yes, we do. Back and thank you for being here on my podcast. And we are four weeks away from this being like, you know, a wrap. And it's been lovely working with you guys. I would love to work with you again someday in the future. Oh, 100%. I love you guys yes. so much. Yes. And we're like, and you know what's so interesting is we're like literally at three different points of life. Like yeah. you're at the beginning of the your 20s. You're in your mid-20s. And I'm at the beginning of my 30s. Like those are like, like. Completely big different. Moments in life. Yeah. And well, I, yeah. I've lived all of them. That's <laughs> what, what I'm saying. Like I've been 21. I remember what life was for me at, at 21, and I've been 25. And 25 is when I thought I was like, oh, I thought I knew who I was. I thought I had the juice, and then here comes straight lock me down, clank clank. Period. And then from 25 to 27, those were some rumble in the jungle years. 22 to like 24, though, I was drinking and a mess, a making mess. money and just drinking, making money and just yeah, you know. Trying to find something, baby. I was trying to hold on to something, baby, but I mm-hmm. wasn't holding on to much. Mm-hmm. I was laying it low and spreading the wax. <laughs> I don't even remember what I was doing when I was 21, 22. I feel like I was just trying to figure myself out just because I had so much anger. Um, Just like from like from other people always being like I cherish so much when i'm not the only black person in a cast because i feel like most shows that i am i've only been the only black one so i feel like my 21 22 like finally like stepping into this industry i was just angry all the time and i didn't know how to express it and i didn't know like who to trust or anything so i was always very introverted and not really 
socially engaging all the time. So I feel like that was me. And it wasn't until like 23, 24. That's when I started to not give a fuck anymore. And And it's just when you release the fucks. Release the fucks. (laughs) (laughs) And remix because he's angry all the time. They always just come out yelling angry all the time. Because we're not happy all the time. Um, I hate that. Can we just show up one day like as elves and just not smile during happy all the time? I want to make a choice. I feel like, yeah. You have a cute face. You said my fake smile was really good. (laughs) I was like, thanks. I I work really hard. Shawana's that girl. Yeah, she is. So I feel like it's one of these things like, I I never get tired of talking about it, but I feel like every time we get together or like, you know, the people of color, I just like to say black people. Psych, no, but those are different actually. Mm -hmm. But um, like when we get together, it it's always it always has to come up. It, it, it can't avoid a conversation of us being the only black ones in the room. It's just like I'm not saying it just to have something to talk about, but it's it's just like, ugh, like and it's like, ugh, yeah, like yeah. you know, it's just right. And you know, but at the same time, that's not our fault. That's yeah. literally how society is. Because hopefully, there will be a time where we won't even have to talk about it. It'll just be so normalized. But yeah. Unless you're doing the color purple, unless you're doing Dream Girls, unless you're doing What's on This Island, even or the Wiz, which or is the Wiz, yeah. they I kept mean, off of Broadway for forty years. I, like I grew up in a pre- predominantly white area, like so yeah, I was usually like the token, which I kind of ended up getting used to, and then my first professional show was Once on This Island, mm-hmm. so that was my introduction into professional theater. And then pretty much every show after that, I've been in pretty diverse shows, like In the Heights, Rent, you know, all those types of things. So I haven't had, like, awful experiences where I've been, like, literally the only black person in it, fortunately. But it would be nice, you know, to have more than three people of color in a show and call it a day and be like, oh, it's so diverse. There's three of them. Wow. It's more than just it being the representation because when we're saying it's just us, it's a feeling that comes with it just Mm -hmm. being us. It's the experience that we know we're about to go through. It's the things that are about to be foreign to everybody or the bringing up of Toni Braxton and people not knowing who she is. You know, like, (laughs) who don't know who Toni Braxton is? I don't even want to talk about it. But it's just like, (laughs) say their names. (laughs) You know, it's just like, um, in, in, when you can relate to people, like we relate for a lot of reasons when it comes to theater, but there are reasons that we relate from our backgrounds as well. Mm-hmm. And we just happen to sometimes be the majority of not having the majority. Mm-hmm. And when we, it's because I just did The Color Purple and that experience of not thinking about um, my race mm-hmm. is relaxing. It is relaxing. It's no, a really completely is. different environment when you're doing shows where everyone looks like you. It's a completely different, like, everyone's there to lift each other up. Everyone's there to just, like, have and y'all can come fun. from different places still. Yeah. You don't have to come from a, the, a, a struggle or the same struggle. Y'all can all be from different places. Mm-hmm. But it's just an appreciation everyone has yeah. because they know 100%. that. Yeah, and there's always just, like, a sense between. of joy because it's we don't have to worry about like we don't have to worry about being mistreated because of what we look like. You know what I mean? 
how we present ourselves, what words other people are going to say. Yeah. Like, worrying you know? about, yeah, that. <laughs> like making sure people don't misstep trying to relate. Uh, right. Or, you know, our woke culture. Yeah. And all the those pe- things. People think they're so woke and then they try to prove to you how woke they are. And right. it's exhausting. <laughs> like, it's really, it's, it really is. Like, well, I appreciate it, but sometimes I'm just like, stop. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Stop. There's also just that sense of freedom for the individual themselves where you just, you can just be authentically you. You don't have to prove anything to no one. I know for me, the longest time, especially in high school, I always felt like um, I was too black for the white kids and then eventually when there were more black kids and poc kids in my high school i started to feel like i was too white for them so it started to feel like break down too white oh yeah for them and what that means i mean so long time ago before everyone started watching like anime and this and the third if like a black kid would watch anime or do something that was like very nerdy or anything like that that was more classified as you know like what white people do so it was like being like oh you're trying to act white Mm -hmm. or when there was a time when um i was in like debate team and i also did take communication studies so whenever i would quote unquote speak properly it's like oh you're you're trying to sound white you're trying Mm -hmm. to act white and talk white and it's like no this is who i am i have an education um just because i'm black doesn't mean i'm you know a hood rat or something like that like that's what you automatically think or something like that and it's like no i had a similar experience in school it was like it was like be like there most of my school was white um so most of my friends were white and because I was, you know, hanging around a lot of white people, everyone's like, oh, you're trying to be white, you're trying to be white. Or because, like, um, or just because, like, my hair, if I straighten my hair, they'd be like, oh, you're white. Or because I speak properly, I'm talking white. Oh, you, she wishes she was white. Oh, this stuff, this, that, and the third. Because I was, like, the only black girl on the lacrosse team, the only black girl on the cheer team, like, all that stuff. It was always, like, the other black girls, like, at my school would be, like, oh, she's white. And they, like, truly, like, did not like me. And, like, some of them, I've talked to, like, you know, some people I didn't talk to in high school, like, after high school. And they're, like, oh, yeah, I didn't like you in high school. I thought you were annoying. And I thought you were, like, really white. Like, stuff like that. And it's really rude. It's the conversation of colorism as well. You're a lighter-skinned girl. And if you have long... You got long, big bundles of hair. Yeah. Beautiful hair. Yeah. Thank you. Beautiful, luscious, healthy hair. And you are also a lighter-skinned girl. So if they see you... And if if a girl's even an ounce of a darker shade of you, they might think that you are trying to belong with this group of people. Mm-hmm. And I was watching the Bad Girls Club uh, the other day, season three, <laughs> and there was a black girl on there that said, I wanted me and Tiffany to be the, the two girls that ran the house. We both black. Da-da-da-da. And Tiffany was like, I didn't think we had to be cool just because we both black. I don't care for her that much. And, like, I understand, like, where Tiffany is coming from. Mm-hmm. But there are times, like, when I'm in the show, I'll be like, oh, I wonder if there's another black person in the show. And then I'm like, well, I hope we get along. Or, you yeah. know, like, I hope, like, we relate. Because just right. because a person was, is yeah. black doesn't I was mean worried coming into this show. you relate to them or you have 
things in common. Yeah. And it's just like you said, um, w- like watching anime or certain things. And even when it comes to anime, like you see a, a certain type of anime or they all look the same, you wouldn't know that it was something that is okay for you to watch. It's, do they have black anime characters now? Oh, they do. Have they always? Have they always? Um, n- but I say more now than then. I mean, there were, but it wasn't. It wasn't um, a level of awareness, I would say, until now, especially when white people want to come for black uh, cosplayers and be like, oh, you can't cosplay an anime character because you're black. And you look at them like, but you're white. And they're like, yeah, I'm like, and the character is Asian. So how is it okay for you to cosplay this character, but I can't? Because if his eyes aren't squinted, they're not saying Go- Goku is Asian. They're saying a white guy play Goku. And, and like, that's just boggling. And then there are anime characters that are black. And then um, I don't remember which Netflix show it was. Forgive me. Um, but there is one anime where the the lead guy he is the first black man to be a samurai and they made an anime about him although i was told that that anime is not good for my brother and he told me not to watch it <laughs> <laughs> but the point is it's like as in like now more than ever we're starting to see more of that representation of black people and like pocs in anime as well and what you classify things under like it's like when people were like oh that's gay it's like well no it's not gay that he that little boy is playing with that doll because a man actually manufactured the doll to produce millions of them across the world for children. Yeah. And they're not specified what gender yeah. is supposed to play with dolls. They're literally toys for children. I was always so curious about, not curious, but like I always thought it was so weird how adults would try to be so fascinated or try to figure out like, a kid's sexuality or something like that and i'm like at a young age at a young age i'm like yeah you you just let them do what they want to do it's very interesting especially being older now and thinking back of hearing other people grown-ups talk about me being gay right and me being young like knowing and i mean young like single digits still and i'm like or but it's just i think for me what i realized i feel like we i was getting to this conversation with black people and queer people sorry guys this is what my life is it's my thing it's my (laughs) thing it's my thing i can't get rid of it um, but um, I feel like what I realized after a long time is that um, it was my femininity that made people more uncomfortable, I think, than them actually realizing that I was gay. It was just me, a male, a black male feminine. And it did something to men and it did something to women because women were really certain women were very uncomfortable around me. And then guys were also like I didn't make guy friends until high school, like my own guy friends. And then like. I almost like did whatever it took to like keep them because like I felt like it was making my dad happier for me to like have guy friends. You know, like I don't fault people for feeling some type of way that like, you know, you got to get used to your son being gay. But if that wasn't how you was raised or if you didn't see that for you or the fears, I definitely think um, I got some inflation with like having a queer uncle who died from HIV and they were all scared. But, like, that's exactly why conversations help situations. Everybody should have had more conversations and be, instead of just being scared that I was going to grow up and get HIV, too. Like, mm-hmm. you know? Right. But co- more conversations will help. And I'm still trying to have, like, those conversations 
with my family today about my uncle. I'm like, I was uh, affected by, it wasn't until I watched Pose uh, when they went through the AIDS epidemic that I realized, I was like, oh, wow, I was affected by this crisis and I don't think about it. But like, it's like things that happen before us that affect our lives today that you don't know how it will affect your life. But, um, you know, heavy stuff, heavy stuff. Mm-hmm. But, but it's conversations that we need to have. Yes. Yeah. And I feel like I'm, I feel like when we talk about it, we're having the conversation, but it's not like trying to like educate each other. I feel like we're all here like talking relating receiving information but i feel like yeah, because when you, we already know we, when we step yeah. outside of it and add somebody else into it then it seems like like a lasso type of thing mm-hmm. mm. like i'm like oh missed again like oh shoot let me because it seems simple even when we talk about like the things that we go through as actors i always feel like we don't you know speak up about things because we don't we want to make sure we can work again mm-hmm. and it the people who are choosing people to work, they're friends. And, you know, they might be like, yo, this is who we're going to hire because it's convenient. It's easy. They do what we say. And those things like play. There's so many things that play into how you act. And when you wake up and it's just you, that's like the biggest hindrance that you can't, it seems like you couldn't overcome. Now we are, in a, a, a day and age where we are creating more shows. And I feel like, like when people are asking for more cast to be colorblind, I agree. I just want to see more shows created for, um, casts of people of color. But the issue comes from like, <laughs> then audiences won't support the show. I was going to mm-hmm. ask you, what was the show we were talking about last night that is it called ain't no mo? Yes. Um, I can't, I don't know that much about it. If you can say more about it, but it's, um, are they about to close the show and people are trying to support it more so more people can see it? Yes, they're supposed to close on December 18th, I believe. And we saw the similar situation happen with The Wiz when it originally came out. And because of the support that everyone had for The Wiz, The Wiz was able to stay on Broadway for four years. Oh, wow. So, like, it is possible. We we need... um. We just need to, to show out and show up. And they've been saying how, like, they're able to give tickets, like, $50 availability. So, and for anyone that doesn't know, $50 to see a Broadway show, that that's a steal. That's I'm just saying. That's, 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 that, that's, like, a scam. Like, <laughs> right? That's, like, yeah. a scam. Matter of fact, none of it might be true. <laughs> <laughs> but we got to do what we got to do. Yeah. So... Because it's crazy that it's crazy that Hamilton is still on for so is going on, but like that is our only representation on Broadway at the moment. And even like other shows, like even like K pop. K pop just opened like yeah, they only have like forty four. Like they opened like literally two weeks ago. They got an awful like racist review and now they're closing. But no one's doing anything about them closing. They're just letting them close because no one really cares. And it's sad that no one's trying to, you know, help it. Because it is truly on Broadway right now, I think it's really the only Asian representation. Correct me if I'm wrong. Because, you know, there's not that many shows that 
represent Asian culture in general. And when Especially, they do, you know, Asian Americans, exactly. Like and really, how diverse that is because you have people from Asia who are not all from the same place. Mm-hmm. And it's cool because K-pop actually has people who won their um, the K-pop competition in the show, so it's super authentic. Mm. So I watched this show called Young Royals, and is that there's a, a kid on the show who was like in a big K-pop Euro competition show in on that side of the world. I can't mm-hmm. remember exactly where. Was it but I'm like now I don't know if it's Eurovision or I'm like it sounds like I was like wait competition. It sounds yeah. like what well, he was in it's a group It's like with American Idol but like K-pop, I think. I I don't know a lot about it. But I just know that there are some people in that show that are from that and I'm pretty sure all of them were making their debuts. That and, and that's last the representation week. that they need. Exactly. And so, what do we do when America is mostly white people, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're mostly white people. Well, actually, the tops I, and the I, bottoms. I'm laughing just because you said that, and I just thought of America. America has a problem, and I don't know. But <laughs> well, here's I'm sorry. the thing: I actually, I actually really think that they're starting to be. Obviously, they're never going to be considered a minority, but I think they that there's use the a word. Yeah, they would never use the word, but they're starting to become the minority. Yes. But like, even so, they'll still have the privilege. Yeah. And like, no matter. The thing about it, it seems as if it seems what it is for me is like their number is still their number. And then the rest of the numbers. So if they're 49 percent, it's like, OK, well, that could be under 50. But the rest of the 51 percent of this company is spread out in all of our different groups. So, like, for me, um, when we're talking about, I know actions matter, but words do matter to people. Mm-hmm. And feeling comfortable and feeling safe is important for people. Mm-hmm. And when we talk about, like, certain things in uh, the black community, being queer is, I mean, there's just such a hierarchy of so many things. For heterosexual black men, I have a soft spot for them because I feel like they're almost like the new gay man, like, everybody's kind of tur- like not turned their back, but like put pointing their fingers at them mm-hmm. or, or straight guys. Sometimes I'm like, now it seems like, cause sometimes I feel like when people are like, or gay people are the bullies. I'm like, I definitely see that in situations where everyone's like, Oh no, F that person. Like, Oh, you're not going to do this. And then they're just very volatile. I'm we're housewives of Potomac. I was on uh, one of the girls pages. I just went to see like her business page and I just clicked on a comment and I saw all these people on there. Like just, wishing her all type of hate and i made a comment i was like wow so many people are coming to her page going out of their way to come to her page to wish her hate and call her a colorist and but you're saying that she's doing bad things and i said this just doesn't help mm-hmm. and some person got on there who isn't like a public page but called me he was like I, he said something like i can't believe a black man is defending a colorist something 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 then call me a darkie <gasps> and i'm like this is exactly Trolls are- crack me up I'm like, I, can't. I, I, I just I'm like I don't have I'm like I have time but I'm like mm-hmm. this is the stuff we're talking about but I'm like I'm just saying what I'm gonna say I'm not arguing this yeah. is it though mm-hmm. this is for everyone else to see also though because people are gonna see these comments yeah. I'm like y'all are coming to this page you have so much power your page is private you don't even have any pictures you, you like y'all are such a part of this problem mm-hmm. so I just made my little comment but that is the power like of the internet to like you got all this power to sit at home behind the keyboard and like say these things and just spew hate mm-hmm. for 
for what reasons? But like going back to like what I was saying, just to like in in the queer community, I feel like, or in the black community, and then we have like just these different parts of what's going on. So we're separated to like queer men, queer people, uh, or, and there's so many things happening or so many parts of groups. It's like the civil rights movement, black people feel like we got the, the women's rights, the queer rights, and everything became a part of, uh, so it's like, and I feel this way sometimes with people is like, everybody's a part of a group and that's kind of who they are is mm-hmm. the group. They're a part of, this is, I'm going to be a part of this or I, I stand for this. And like where the focus is, I'm, I'm saying a lot, but just to say that the comfortability of us to be the group of black people, but there's so much inside of those things that are still broken that yeah. when they say, how do we fix it? And I'm like, who, who fucking knows? We're millions of new people. <laughs> like yeah. half the people who, when it was a problem, half of them are dead now. And we're this new generations are just shifting in and then shifting out. But it's just like that safeness and, comfortability that I feel I feel more in my my home city so like how do we continue to spread that but that's why I do things like this have conversations or just continue to express myself Josh now I have a question I want to ask you because I hope it's not like a hot take or something like that but probably is a hot take come on baby so (laughs) when you were saying how you feel like you know um black heterosexual men are the almost like the new gay like everyone getting out them do you think that they put themselves in that situation in the first place? Yes. Okay. I feel like people are also like of them, their circumstances. Like I, I can't turn my, I, I feel like they, there should be more understanding, but I can't ignore the fact of how I as a black man was raised as well. I'm like, I was raised just like them before they knew I was gay. I was already told not to be gay. And it's instilled. It's so ingrained in them. They, and sometimes and I have conversations with people because I'm like, I want you to understand why you hate this so much because you don't know. So we, I would need you to know why this bothers you so much. I think I, I, I had a recent conversation with one of my friends and he had made a statement. He was like, all this gay stuff on TV, it just looks like it just feels like mass shootings. It's just being shoved in our faces. And then he apologized immediately, but he was texting. And I was just like, I'm like, you didn't care at all about how that statement was going to make me feel. I'm black, too. I watch mm-hmm. black man be shot on TV. And I feel like sometimes my gayness is pushed in front of that for other people. And I'm like, damn, I can't even fucking be black right now because now y'all calling me gay. And I'm, I'm, but I'm like, there's that line, but I have to make sure like, even for me, like I can, uh, not just like separate the two, but they are different. There are different things and people have different issues that they worry about. But I'm like, where is my blackness important to you? But it draws the line or crosses the line of my queerness of then. Cause at some point I'm like, well, I, I know I felt like this, but I know there's groups of people where it's like, well, okay, well, we black, and but we queer too. And you want me to boot up and fight next to you, but you won't do the same for me in return. So it's like, fight this war with y'all until it's what? And then when we have our own war to fight, will my black life matter when it's my queerness? Right. Mm-hmm. And I went through something where in my city, like I respond a lot to what I see in my city on Facebook of my peers that I grew up with over time in school to where nobody knew I was gay to where everyone knows now and everyone's okay. You know, it's like, Oh, now everybody's just okay. And they would make comments like y'all need to just like all black lives matter. We get it. Y'all ain't got to state that. Like we love everybody. No. no. <laughs> and we, we go. Yeah. And now you just got to have conversations about like things that happen. But I do feel like I had a stigma of like heterosexual black men to where almost it felt like I was bashing them all the time. 
and I was just like talking about straight guys all the time because of how they made me feel. And I felt like I was just bashing them and that I wasn't listening to the guys that I was speaking to. And I would go live with my friend. We got our Judy show and it was just brought to my attention. And I was like, you know what? I do think I do that. And, but it was like some anger and like sometimes like I used to do this thing like when straight guys would like do things. I would be like, do you watch porn? <laughs> so you watch men have sex. Not a little gay. Then I would just throw that in their face. And I'm like, you can say whatever you want to say, but people, it, you know, it's just, and I'm like, but I just want to understand. And I used to do that unfairly sometimes. I would just do things to basically call them gay. And I'm like, that's not going to help the the conversation. So, but my oldest brother definitely helps like humble me and ground me sometimes. And he'll be like, if you want to be this person and have this platform and have a voice, uh, you can't just go off like that. Or you can't just say anything because when you said it, might mean something different whether you think people are listening or uh paying attention or not and i was like you're right just sometimes i just it's one it's my thing i thought just my thing (laughs) and that's another thing to piggyback off like what you're saying about if you want to have this voice and have this platform um you have to be careful what you say because they are watching us like i don't want to say 24 7 but the moment we step into the workplace and something like that their eyes are just definitely are on us like a hawk. Oh, 100%. Literally <laughs> anything we say or do, they can will be used and will <laughs> use use it against us. I used to be really afraid, but like I feel like I get respect sometimes because I do me like yeah, unapologetically. Yeah. And even sometimes like I pull up to the um even like living here now, I p- roll down the street, I'm listening to P Valley's uh uh <laughs> soundtrack, and you know, Little Murder, or I pull up blasting my music, I and I'm like, you. that's just like my thing, and then it's going to be hip hop sometimes, and sometimes I think about like even what the guests are gonna think when if they see me riding in listening to this music or whatever, but. Okay. Yeah, I see. Yeah, because, well, I think that too, because sometimes, you know, I play, I'll be blasting music like that. But then I'm like, wait a minute. There's white people that are doing the same thing, but these old people are not going to turn their heads at them. Exactly. They're not going to turn their heads at them. But for some reason, when a black person does the same thing, all of a sudden, it's a problem. And that's for me, like, when it comes to, like, the process of, like, uh, systemic racism, prejudice, racism in life all around, um, I'm always thinking about, like, what could we actually do to make, like, some impact? And not to say that anything, I, there are many things make an impact, but I'm like, what can I do? Like, when uh, they were doing protests in my city, I was too afraid to go. I'm like, I'm scared because, like, what am I supposed to do when something happens? Like, I don't. Oh, me too. Like, I don't want to, like, attack a police officer. I don't want to, like, be attacked. I don't want to, like, I'm like, I don't want to get arrested. Using my amendments. Like, literally get arrested for it. I was so afraid. But then I still, then I was, like, like, downing myself a little bit. I'm like, wow, like, you won't even, like, go out there. And I'm thinking about, like, Martin Luther King and, like, people doing things for us to be able to do stuff today. Even like the Million Man March, I'm like, I'm not going because I'm afraid. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm like, I want to go, but I'm like, I don't want to just, I'm like, is it okay for me to want to go just to be a part of the moment? I'm like, I want to make sure that I'm going for like 
the right reasons. Mm-hmm. But then I'm like, but what if something crazy happens? Like yeah. I thought. I mean, that's the a March valid could thing to say. Have been January six, or it was the six, right? Or when they storm Capitol Hill. See, oh, when the Fire Nation attack. Yeah, yeah January. When the Fire Nation attack. So <laughs> that's like my process, and like, and on top of like dealing with anxiety really badly, I was like, I can't. But I felt like I wasn't doing anything. But it wasn't until I um was on Twitter and Bob the Drag Queen had made this post and saying like he was like, uh, uh they were like, people are afraid to make content. Black creators are afraid to make content because of this stuff. I'm like, damn, even I, I'm afraid to even speak on the thing because of being black in the Mm -hmm. world and and speaking. But then, um, Nina Simone's, uh, quote, um, it's the artist's duty to reflect the times. Like that really has been my, one of my, like, you know, tatted on me, if you want to, uh, quotes for the, since like 2020. And I was like, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do this. But I'm afraid, like, I'm grossing hundreds and millions of followers or something. But I'm like, I'm still afraid, like, because I feel like we're being watched. Mm-hmm. But I still, like, I was like, well, you know, I'm just going to talk to people on my podcast and ask, like, some of my friends how they're actually doing, like, in different parts of the world. Like, I have friends in New York City and or, you know, Columbus, Ohio. So I just, like, talked to them and asked them, like, how they were doing. And, like, I felt like that is, I didn't realize. I'm like, this can be my way of, you know, helping too. But I didn't realize like it until that time that you can do more than just like be on the line or there are other things that you can do to help progress. That isn't just like uh, the leader or the first man or the second man in command, but there are so many things that we can do and having conversations are the people you impact in your daily life is very important as well. And that was a lot. That was a good, that is a good point to make. And whether we see it in our lifetime or in the left or in the lifetime um, after hours, the little things that we do now will make a big difference in the futures to come. Yeah, it starts with us. I even think uh, about it with the kids. I wonder sometimes, like, have they been around other black people? Like, how, like, for how long a time? Like, wait, like the kids, in like the kids health? in the show. Oh. You know, like, or kids I've been around before in shows. I'm like, you know, they, they're they born here. Yeah. And what's their experience like at schools? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm never, I'm like, I'm never sure how to even interact sometimes with people. Because sometimes I think about it a lot. I'm like, oh, I got this, like, young white kid here with me. Like, how do they interact with black people? Or, mm-hmm. But most of the time, I just do what I do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but and I think about it sometimes. Honestly, I think at the age that they're at, like, because, yeah, we all know that being racist is taught. Like, you're not born with racism. But I, even if they are growing up around that, they're too young to even realize that that's a thing, I feel like. Because they're so, like, in their own world, and they're just so innocent. And I do think these the world around younger, them. these new generations are breaking more boundaries mm-hmm. and we'll be breaking more barriers. I just feel like I'm when it comes to like children, I'm always trying to be a good uh, example, mm-hmm. but just like just some a good person in their lives yeah. for however short a time. Mm-hmm. I feel that way as well. I mean, I personally just I really like the kids and Elf. They're so cute. I adore them. I love them. Oh, my God. They're so cute. So what are you guys going to miss most? After this is all wrapped. 
Well, I'm definitely not going to miss the actual show. That's <laughs> 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 um, out so, the bag. <laughs> um, Elf is one of the most annoying musicals I have ever been a part of. Oh, I'll miss Madagascar um, more. But I will, I will miss the people, definitely. Like, I'll miss the people. Um, I think that's it. Uh, I mean, honestly, like, I will, like, because, pro- like, you know, I don't know when my next contract will be. So I'll probably miss, you know the money <laughs> and like working but definitely just like i will miss everyone here because i feel like our cast like for the most part like really gets along with each other and i like that i really like the energy and the vibe that we create together and i think that's what i'll miss i i don't know i don't care about doing elf again i'm not I'm never, mm. yeah elf I'm, the show is- <laughs> elf the show is not that good um put up on the shelf but like we we kill it, and then Madagascar. Honestly, I'll, I, I I might miss actually doing Madagascar because right. Madagascar I, is actually miss really Madagascar. fun. I can't wait like, to do it tomorrow. We ain't do it enough. We could have yeah. had <laughs> Madagascar. Tell them to ask really some shows in Madagascar. Too. Right, right. And I think they were. I, I heard Ryan saying something about them wanting to extend, but they couldn't because of Peyton and Anthony. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that would be well, if we much. had swings, then maybe we could still do it. Yeah. Oh, maybe you on the air. <laughs> we on record and we don't edit over here. <laughs> <laughs> well, didn't you say we could be unapologetic ourselves? Yeah, or something? I was yeah. just like, no, I just got let it but out. But yeah, I, I definitely didn't say no names. I didn't say you said what you said. Uh, exactly. I'll definitely miss Madagascar. I think I I won't miss that costume, but I'll miss <laughs> doing the show. Yeah, definitely, because that cast is fun. Just because like. It's so small, and the show is so short, but it's so fun. Like, it's just so fun to do, and everyone gets along really well. Josh? I mean, to piggyback what right. you said, Audrey, said. literally <laughs> one of my highlights um, during this run was our Thanksgiving because oh my I, God. Was, <laughs> I definitely was feeling very homesick, and, like, first, fan- first Thanksgiving that I – wasn't with my family and mm-hmm. I didn't know how I was going to be with and how's it going to be like with the cast and everything. And it just felt like home. It really did. Yeah. I was also sad because like, uh, yeah, it was also my first Thanksgiving without my family, but it was so fun yes. to just be around everyone. Cause we were all in the same boat. Like we right. all were not with our families, but we created this, like sense of home with each other yeah and it was really nice it was a really nice thanksgiving it really was yeah and i don't even like thanksgiving and it was you don't like holidays she doesn't like this she doesn't like that i don't like holidays (laughs) yeah 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 but it was very special yeah it was it was wish you were there james but me too i wish you came i went to see even for a little bit (laughs) but yeah yeah i don't blame you (laughs) trey had a headache that night or we would have came I wish you guys did. Like Trey, don't tell me like he won't go somewhere. He's just like my hair hurts. So I mean, but we can. I'm like, baby, it's okay. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> he don't want to tell me no. I'm like, but you did oh, in other words. You did yeah. in other words. That's nice. Um, for me, I think I'm just gonna miss looking at myself in the mirrors. <laughs> no, just kidding. Real. Um, I did have fun with you all, mm-hmm. and I did a really, really fun show with my cast this last time. So you guys were definitely good like coming after that because that was like nothing's gonna top this but i was like you guys were really great though and mm-hmm. it was amazing 
Thank you. And then I'm excited to like do the whiz after this. But you know, my life has changed now. I quit my day job because Beyonce said release your job, and I did. Period. Um, right. She said release your job on July 29th, and by August, the mid August, I had released it as the Queen said, as it is written, as it is written. Listen, <laughs> no, but um, so I'm just like looking forward to, like, what's what I want to do after this. So definitely want to book further out into the year so I don't have to worry about it all year, you know? Yeah. And, and it's like my first time doing this for my life, you know? Yeah, my, like my, full time. Yeah, full yeah. time, my life's work. So yeah. right now I'm at least booked to like the beginning of April. But now I'm like, all right, like this is where it comes in. But I feel like like even being around like y'all, it just makes me more comfortable and like, makes it more realistic to me like yeah because you see other people doing the exact same thing as you i did that too i literally i quit my day job um right before i came here just because i i didn't like it um and i i want the same like i really don't want to have to worry about all my jobs next year but like ultimately like that is the job but i i don't really know what i'm doing after this i gotta figure it out but I'm not super worried, you know? Yeah, like, I have faith. Yeah. And this job, honestly, builds up your faith and Mm -hmm. builds up that patience of, you know, when it's your time, it's your time. And it may not be when you want it to, but, like, if you just hold on, keep the faith, steady the path, it'll just show up. Mm -hmm. In the last year or so, I feel like I've accepted that a lot more because there were, like, things that I wanted to do. And I was like, I just felt like it wasn't happening when I wanted it to happen. You know, mm-hmm. even like now starting to decide to that I'm going to go full career, like in, at the top of my 30s now. But it doesn't make me feel any type of way because I feel like I needed to go through the journey of like finding myself and get through that. Because I would have been scared to try to pursue this when I was like reckless in my mind and not knowing who I was. I feel like I would have been really dangerous to myself. So I'm glad that. I didn't take that route because I feel like it could have been a little wild. And, you know, everything yeah. is, is already set. So I yeah. can't change it anyway. So I'm excited to, uh, it, it's my mindset, like changing my mindset from having a nine to five. Mm-hmm. Oh, shoot. I was supposed to call somebody about it job today. <laughs> <laughs> um, changing my mindset from that to like this is like completely different but it feels like a new life it feels like a new world yeah it's so I'm like, different. wow really yeah this is, that's all i had to do was just like unplug mm-hmm. i feel like i unplug from the world like yeah. the world like the matrix or something and i'm just like uh. yeah right i don't feel real but like also <laughs> i'm like in my reckless era like because i'm literally like i'm in my reckless era but i feel like for me that theater and getting these jobs is really the only thing that keeps me grounded. You know what I mean? Because I feel like I without so. it, I'm I'm already reckless with the jobs, but <laughs> like without the jobs, I don't even I don't even want to know. I don't want to know, but I feel like being here cuz I have to like I have to be here. I have to do my job or else I'm going to get fired. Like I'm getting paid. So I can't be crazy. You know what I mean? So I feel like with this this is keeping me like on a path grounded like i'm not like spiraling out of control because i preface i did drop out of college (laughs) um so that was like i don't know what i'm gonna do 
because you know everyone made it such a big deal because I was like oh I'm dropping out of college they're like oh you're not getting your degree like you're gonna live in a box like what are you doing but you're also got out of a scam so but I'm like why would I get a degree in something when I can like what like you know what I like I'm spending all this money with at least with my program it wasn't helping me when I could save so much money be doing the same classes outside of school but still also already be in the field right where you get in contacts right. with the, exactly you know, or like relationships exactly and that. especially with this business it's like all it is is networking knowing people i mean obviously you have to have talent yes. but like you have to know people you have to network and for me be i was like the earlier be great to work with exactly and it's like for me like the earlier i started that the easier it'll be for me later on. Right, you so can like be thirty years old, ready to retire. Like I don't know that. My whole life. <laughs> right. Like I feel like Damn by the time, time, like my, the time I was supposed to graduate college, like I'll already be, hopefully, like established. You know what I mean? What is I, established? Like, I don't even know, but I feel like in my head, like established, like. Like, I'm consistent. Like, I feel like I'll be consistently working. Like, I'll know what's going on. <laughs> like, you know what? I'll have it all. I'll have it relatively figured out. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like, for me, established would be, like, you're grounded. Yeah. You know, you, you won't be all over the place. You won't be, not necessarily, like, flying off the handle, but, like, you won't be, like, a leaf blowing in which direction yeah. trying to figure out what to do or something like that. Exactly. Like, you'll be steady and strong. And mm -hmm. I'm glad that you're learning this now at this age because I feel like by the time you're my age, 25, and definitely by the time you're as old as James, it's like you <laughs> will be. Oh, that wasn't shade. That wasn't shade. I'm just saying, like, by the time you Woo! are James' age, you'll be, you know, you will be grounded and you'll be seven because you already learned this yeah. at such a young age. And there, are, <laughs> and there are people completely older than James who still have not. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, <laughs> but there are people who are in their 40s or their 50s who still haven't learned these lessons yet. Yeah. So... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Woo. laughs> that was funny. Well, that's a wrap, y'all. We got nothing else to say. Good night. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> no. So, I mean, it was lovely talking with you all. I want to, you know, make money from this. I want this to be my job for the rest of my life. I want to work with a lot of people. I want to work with people across America, possibly the world. And I really want to create my own works. And that's what I'm working on now is I want to create opportunities. I want to create the stories that I fell in love with mm -hmm. when I was a person, a young person and represent the world. And oh, one thing I was going to say earlier is like when it comes to like telling stories, I feel like people can only tell like stories they know. So sometimes you may not be represented in a story, but it's not always excluding you. Mm -hmm. Because if I'm telling a story about something that, like I'm writing a story right now that's loosely based off of myself, but I feel like I can't write a story about like 
I feel like I can, but like when it comes to certain stuff, like for me, I'm not, I wouldn't try to write a story about like a trans person from firsthand because I'm not trans, you know, mm-hmm. like right. I, I feel like I couldn't, I could be involved on a project, but I feel like right now, personally, I couldn't head a project like that because I feel like it's not my experience. Yeah, it's not your experience. Yeah. I feel like I can speak on a queer black experience because that's my experience. Mm-hmm. And like when it comes to stuff like that, I still think um like just having more conversations about that because I feel like there are a, there's always going to be a group of people that does not represent the entire group of people that always is the focal point. So I just try to like speak on more things because a lot of people are still like hesitant with things or feel like everything that they say is can be attacked. And I do think the intention behind what you say will soften can soften a blow. And then also when it comes to people who are offended by some things, sometimes people gonna say some shit that you're gonna be like, oh, that's stupid. And it is stupid to you. And that's might just be how like they feel. And we have like we're living in a world with that just crossed eight billion people. Like we are different. Like very different. Respect and we have one world to share. You know, we got one world to share. That's all I'm like, can we can we just exist? People don't want you to exist. Mm-hmm. I'm like, nah, damn it. I think you're an idiot, but I'm not over here like give them the chair, like get rid of them. Yeah, that's right. you know we want like get damn like we literally are made up of the same atoms. Yeah, and some are different, but like so are the very animals that we buy in our homes, the homes that you purchase, the cars that you purchase that are the exact same models but very different. They gonna drive different. Like that's just like human. So, like that's something that I feel like. You, I'm like, this just seems like it would make sense to not. But one, one of my things I say is like, I just want less. Like, we just need to have less. It will not cease. It will never be zero. But we need less. So what could we do to, like, have an era of life decrease in prejudice and races and these things? Like, what era are we living in when the numbers are going up? Can we balance the numbers? Can we take the numbers down a little bit? So when people do look at another era of life, that they'll be like, oh, what happened in this era that maybe they were able to help somewhat? Because I don't think it'll ever be zero. But I'm like, how can we decrease some numbers? Like even in my city, I'm like, how can we decrease the crime or the murders in the year? How do we try? But that's all I have to say. Do you all have any questions for me? I'm just trying to take in all what you said. I know. It was, I was, yeah, it <laughs> no, was, it like, was, no, I, like, I was just, like, processing what you said. Um, I talk a I lot. I agree. No, yeah, I mean, yeah, you do talk a lot. Yeah. <laughs> but it all, it all makes sense. <laughs> and you know? have to listen, so. Yeah. I just don't feel like I have, well, like, answers so. for stuff sometimes, and I'm like, I don't know, I just want to help decrease. Answers, but you know? even the, with what you said, I think... I I would love to think that, you know, things are starting to turn around a little bit, at least with my generation, because even with the most recent presidential election. I think there's it, a they lot had of a, change. It, yeah, it was like a crazy influx of, um, of my generation voting on a side where, like for someone who isn't against people because of what they look like. You know what I mean? And I think with at least my generation, it'll start. Oops. It'll start to, you know, change, move forward, evolve, even just a little bit. 
And I think that is where it needs to start. I think the hope is always in the generations to come. And I just continue, excuse me, to keep up the hope for the generations Mm -hmm. that are already there as those like things shift, Mm -hmm. like as we get into these new years of our lives, how you're uh, reevaluating yourself. Like you do at the end of your yearly, uh, salary or or shift like at the end of the year how do you reevaluate yourself to see how you are helping the rest of the world and it's not to say like you know actually like putting 20 down on something you know but it's like i'm a human being i'm out in the unit i'm out in the world what what am i doing to Mm -hmm. contribute or take away from yeah because we are, are mixed up of both so what could you do and maybe you can do some more and a lot of it is self inflection yeah, I agree. It's really hard to even try to. It's hard to try to educate the older generations because the era that they grew up in. I mean, even my mom grew up, and she like she grew up, and integration had just happened. Like it was just starting to happen. So when you grow up, like white people, they grow up in an era where black people are so much lesser in society it's hard to grow up and take away that mindset and not have that mindset anymore because that was instilled in your head and that's why from representation a young age. is important exactly because that's why i was talking about earlier like sometimes your first experience with a black person it may be when what you 18 or when you're an adult mm-hmm. or as a child when you see Sometimes you can see a child look at you and you're like, oh, you you ain't never seen no black person in your life before. (laughs) Right. And if your only experience is what you see on TV as a criminal Mm -hmm. or even like after 9-11, like, or, you know, the the criminals or bad guys are Russian or some uh, Saudi Arabia or Middle Middle East. That's how we are going to. That's how your brain's going to process that. Yeah. And even with that, like going back into conversation like with the schools and whether if like the kids have interaction with like with other black kids i don't even know if there's a black or poc faculty staff members there because i know for me growing up from literally from pre-k all the way to high school i've only had two black teachers and one black principal yeah, in From elementary school, I didn't. High school, I didn't have a time. single one in elementary school. At least I in high school, my I know I had our principal and our vice principal were black, but I didn't have any teachers that were black. Yeah, I had one elementary school teacher, Miss Moxley, was black, and she was there for like a short time, and then like, well, I had black substitutes, but you know, like my my dean in my school was black uh, for like the first couple of years there. Um, and then my senior year, actually, we had a, a black dean, and they still have a black dean now. One of mm. my friends' moms. She was my senior advisor, actually, and now she's the dean. My high school, we had like, pretty sure she was like the only black woman who was a teacher, but she kept getting reported for things that were like not relevant enough to be reported for. Girl. Like she showed that she showed them. I remember one of the things that she got in trouble for and she literally got suspended for it was showing a movie that was like inappropriate. But it wasn't even like it was like a movie like (laughs) like it it was like some stupid like Will Ferrell movie. 
and that oh. was inappropriate. So she got suspended. Like, you know what I mean? So it's like the only representation that I had in my high school kept getting taken away every every few months or so. It was it was really insane. Well, we could be here forever. We could be. But we won't. So before <laughs> before we leave, do you have anything that you would like to ask me? Any questions? You asked a lot, but this is your chance. Um, We're on the record. I don't have a question per se, but all I wanted to say honestly was like from one black artist to another, from one f- friend to another, to one person to another, like I support you guys all the way. And it's like literally even though we've only known each other for a month literally a month <laughs> a literal <laughs> it's, month it's, it's it feels like a long time months, yes. but like a month but like you guys have literally a supporter a fan for life a friend for life i agree so me too. it's like whenever you need me call me me too i'll be yeah. there you know truly i can't wait to see what you guys do like really and me too because you guys are yeah. so talented i like like on God, you guys are <laughs> one of the most talented. I wish y'all could have seen the eye roll. <laughs> but like, like you guys are the most talented, <laughs> humble people that I know. And that's honestly what I draw to because it's like you guys are not like those people that know that you're talented and then you try to act like you're the shit. I'm like, I know sometimes we're just like, yeah, I'm the shit, whatever. But it's like, <laughs> but, we, but, we don't, but we don't let that get to our heads yeah. because we know the like, in a moment, it can be taken away from us or yeah. something like that. And I think that's step one to being grounded or being established, like what we were talking about before. Yeah. Yeah. So I agree. See, because that, that's why I actually would establish was because I definitely feel so grounded in myself as a person that I feel like I can do anything. And it's also interesting to be like afraid to do anything too. Like knowing I can do anything. I'm like, whoa, wow. I can do anything now. What? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's the power that you possess. Right. May the power of Christ compel you. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't even Bye. thinking that. <laughs> well, well yeah. thank you all both so much for being guests on the third degree with me thank your you host, for james having major us burns. thank you james major burns follow me on instagram at audrey underscore floyd thank you oh yeah you can follow me um so it's pronounced joshua mio but you spell it as josh then o m i o and that's from sixth grade nickname that i got from i thought it was joshua momo yeah i don't know how <laughs> i was Yamamo. reading it what oh my god how you say it I hear so many people call it so many different things. It's just Joshua Mio. I thought Josh- it was Joshimo. I said Joshua Mio. Most people say <laughs> Joshimo. Some people say Josh Mayo. And I'm like, okay, it's going on. But it's, it's Josh Mayo. Josh- <laughs> <O-M-I-O. laughs> Bye. Bye. <Wow. laughs>